This is Michael Coe from the Punk Rock and Politics Podcast, and you're listening to some of the best podcasts available on the internet, only on the No Phony Podcast Network. to Heroes Garage. This is a weekly podcast where we review TV shows and movies. Bill, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful, Tom. Wonderful. You know what? I am well rested. I had the day off. Sunday is my uh, Monday is my new Sunday, so I get all my Mondays off. So I'm well rested. I've got an energetic brain and I'm ready to talk about our our show today. Yeah, that's nice. That's a good. That's a good day off. I think that uh, Mondays work great because Mondays are always a drag. I feel. Yeah, it's. I mean, the back end of the week is weird because I'm working on a Saturday while everybody's doing yard work. But rest assured that yard work is getting done. It's <laughs> happening Sunday afternoons. <laughs> pictures, pictures. <laughs> yes. So today we are going to talk about something that we is near to dear to all of our hearts. It's sleep. Uh, but today we're going to talk about Dr. Sleep, which is a movie <laughs> that was released in 2019. Yeah. And this is a show that had a lot of fanfare and a lot of people talking about it. But then it didn't. And it kind of didn't quite get the legs and traction that I think people thought that it might. And so we're going back into the well a little bit. We're going back to a 2019 yeah. thriller. And this is a director, Mike Flanagan, uh, writer. Screenplay is also credited to Mike Flanagan. It's a, a Flanagan. Story is credited, of course, to Stephen King. Right, right. And so, uh, you know, Dr. Sleep um, was a, a book that uh, follows Stephen King's Shining and I believe it was something 27 years after uh, the original book was written. Uh, Stephen King, and I think with the help of his son, uh, wrote this book. And, um, you know, as, as we just got hit with a big, big um, Stephen King movie, and everybody knows it because that was the one that got a lot of fanfare and audience attention, and that was it. Right. Right. So Dr. Sleep now is on the heels of that. Did not get the publicity as much. I don't think it got the marketing as much. And so this one definitely flew under the radar. I think those that um, I know when it first came out, we talked about it in uh, previous episodes. We wanted to see Dr. Sleep. It was on our radar, but it kind of came in and out of the theaters. Um, I don't know why, but it did. And, uh, you know, I was really Turned on from Mr. Tom here telling me to get HBO, and little, lo and behold, wow, Dr. Sleep was one of the movies, and I was more than eager and wanting to to see this um, this film. So Mike Flanagan, now going to the credits, Mike Flanagan, 
Um, he was also a writer, Tom, of one of our favorite shows that we've seen and reviewed on our podcast. Do you know what that one is? Hmm. I'm just going to pull a guess you know, out of nowhere here. I'm two, years go two years ago. I'll give you a hint. Two years ago, it was our number one movie series of 2018. Haunting of Hill House? That's it. Yes. There you go. Very good, Tom. Very good. If I had a bell, Thank you. ding, ding, ding. There you go. Ding. <laughs> yes, he was the director and writer um, for both of those, and uh, he did other, you know, horror films, um, and so he's been in the genre uh, quite a bit. Um, so he likes definitely sticking within this, and but there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, Mike Flanagan definitely has a talent, I would say. I would say, too. And I think this was. So, yes, I just want to agree with that. This also stars Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson and Kaylee Curran. Kaylee. Uh huh. Thank you. No problem. (laughs) I'm covering you. Anyway, um, Ewan McGregor. uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I really like Ewan McGregor. Um, he is a fun actor to watch. He, I, if he's in a movie, uh, that's any good, I liked, you know, Christopher Robin is very sentimental, of course. Um, you know, he's in, um, I think birds of prey coming up. So anyway, trans spotting goes way back Moulin Rouge. So Ewan McGregor is a very accomplished actor. Um, he has that kind of, uh, that English type of feel of acting style and um i i like ewan mcgregor and then rebecca ferguson her claim to fame is she was ilsa faust in the mission impossible series with mm. uh, Tom Cruise. so she was his love interest for all those movies so um if you recognize her you seem like oh she looks familiar that is her and uh, she's a very accomplished as well and um, very good in this show as well. I, I think she, mm-hmm. it's great to have um, very good actors and actresses in shows. Um, it, it just helps a lot. I yeah, and I think it, that's stating yeah. the obvious, but, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it does help. I think when you have people with resumes uh, such as the ones listed, I think it brings a little bit of street credibility to a show. And this is a a sequel, right? This is a the original was written in 1976 or yeah. seven? No, 1980. I think the original movie was 1980. I think yeah, the Shining movie is 80. I believe the Shining itself was either 77 or 78. So yeah, it goes um, way back, and then the then uh, Doctor Sleep, I believe, was like 2014 or 15. So um, yeah. It, it follows – go ahead. It follows Danny Torrance. What's a little bit about Danny Torrance, Tom? Danny is – you know Danny boy, right? Danny is the little boy in The Shining who's driving around on his little tri, his little um, tripod or what do they call that thing? Oh, my gosh. Tricycle. It's a big wheel. My goodness. A big was wheel. It, was it a tricycle or was it a big wheel? Well, it was something with three wheels, and he was driving around, and he sees two little girls saying the red rum. Red Rom, Red Rom. Danny. Yes, that's Danny. And Dan Torrance is now old, 
and he's been through life. But yeah. he must, he's got a mission. It's to protect a young girl who has similar powers to him. Powers, you ask? Yes. This <laughs> Dan Torrance does have powers. And he's also being chased, and the young girl's being chased, actually more appropriately, by a cult group known as the True Knot, who prey on children with the powers to remain immortal. Mm-hmm. So we are going to try not to spoil this, even though it's a 2019 film. What did you right. think about the story, Bill? Did this story keep you interested? Yes, uh, very much so. I, I like the story because, uh, you know, 1980, The Shining was a huge movie, probably the number one, um, probably best movie of Stephen King's of all time, even though he hated it because it definitely veered from the book. But that's another podcast. Um, I think we all liked it. Stanley Kubrick with uh, Jack Nicholson and uh, where he just steals the show. And so this then now is following Danny and it's the story stays more in line with the book, which is all about Danny's special abilities and um, where really um, if you watched, if you didn't read the books, but you watched the movie, the original shining, um, it doesn't really get into Danny's ability. It's all about the haunted hotel and how it slowly possesses um, uh, Danny's father, played by Jack Nicholson. And um, it, and it, it's different where now uh, it, it skews back to the original interpretation of, this, of who Danny is, this ability, this group. Um, people with these other abilities, mainly kids, and um, the story is is intriguing. Um, it, can it be said that it's it's not original? Yeah, it's not really original because we always have somebody that has these type of powers. But it, um, I thought it, it it was very interesting in the way that um, it carried on from the original because it is a sequel and. You have to when you make a sequel is that there has to be a tie in. And what this does is actually kind of refreshes uh, the storyline. And that I really liked. It was more than just your usual type of haunting movie. Yes. And I think they found a way to take an old story, which was really, really well done. Mm-hmm. walk it forward or walk it in a different direction and not ruin ruin it or look ridiculous in the process. In fact, right. it reads well. And right. I think you're, that's a, a mark of a, of a well-told mm-hmm. addition to an original right. that is beloved. I think if, if you look at movies out there, wouldn't Star Wars love to have that said about their, <laughs> their most recent <laughs> And I'm going to use a word, Tom, that I use often. <laughs> the show and you'll go oh yes it did not do that it didn't meander tom no and it gets stuck in these places that you want in a horror film right is the fantastical the scary and terrifying the horrific the when you settle in and think about what you just saw you're like oh my goodness that's awful and that's what every good horror film needs to have a couple of things and it has those things in it. So I think it knows how to pick on the genre in the right way. 
Uh, And I'm talking about the story itself. And so it kept me interested throughout. And if you can believe it, I didn't get sick of the ooh, ooh, ah, ah, bad group in here either. And that that's saying something, because how often, Bill, have you watched or listened or watched a movie like this? Maybe you listen to movies (laughs) in your spare time. but um, And you just like, oh, I liked it. But the bad guys were just so horrible, you know, just so. But I thought in this one, I thought they did a good job. I think what makes this really well done in the storyline is it's tight, right? It doesn't go off on a tangent. And if it does go off on a tangent, it's enough to give you at least some kind of backstory or at least a little understanding of the characters. So when it kind of cuts it short, you're able to take away something. So where if you looked at it, and it was split into two movies, there was a lot of like, oh my gosh, can we get on with this already? But that's a typical Stephen King fat book that he just wants to belabor um, an aspect of a character or the story or a scene or a visual. It's that this just kept it going on the road and it didn't look back. I agree. And I think because the story is well-constructed, you throw these actors in here who have resumes that are respectable, and we went over that earlier. I think when you think about the characters and the the acting, it was pretty strong. What did you think, Bill? Yeah, yeah the acting's great. Um, again, you're, you're dealing with Ewan McGregor, and, I mean, come on. I mean, look what happened, how bad the Star Wars movies were, but wasn't Ewan McGregor great as Obi-Wan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if they, they could have given him better lines, I think they could, wrote, lines. <laughs> they could have gave him more time on the on story. Yeah. Uh, they could, but, you know, this is what an actor can do with a bad script is that he's going to do his best. Mm-hmm. And um, when you give him a good script, he is going to play that character through with all its nuances. And that's what he does. I mean, you, you, you feel for him. You understand his past. You understand what he's doing in the present. You, you see his change. You see his ability. And, you know, and a great actor can just envelop all these qualities within himself and propel the story forward. And that's what you want of him. And Ewan McGregor's great. And, um, you know, Rosie the Hat is uh, just as good. I thought she is, um, you know, she's beautiful, but she's really creepy. And um, she, you know, that, that character just is, it plays that her, that part. Well, you know, mm-hmm. she, and it, I, I just liked it all. Yeah. And this is the one show where they don't, I mean, they have the kind of the, the mentor relationship between Dan Torrance and the girl. Right. Um, Abra. I'm trying to to think what other. They really don't hit on a lot of relationship. They go actually Dan and the. So Dan is a recovering addict, and he is getting mentorship from somebody, and Mm -hmm. um, that I think there's so there is relationship stuff here, but I don't see the characters being the reason why I love this, which is weird for me, right, Bill? Usually it's the characters and some kind of emotional tie. You like Cliff Curtis. I mean, he's a he's a an actor. You know, the guy who played Billy Freeman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he's a well-known actor that you see all the time. He always has these bit parts. Um, I guess the one that he really stood out the most was in Fear the Walking Dead, right? He played the dad. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he's really he's really good. He plays his character well. Um, Kylie Curran, who plays Abra, is a good child actor. And it's always good to see a strong uh, African-American child actor. And she's great. She plays her character really good. Um, so I, I thought, yes, the acting did well, but it, the story is really what's intriguing. Um, because it's, it's a, when you get Stephen King writing a great story and they get rid of all of the Stephen King fluff mm-hmm. and, um, it just becomes what he's known for. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes this good. And, you know, I, I didn't, it makes me want to go back and, wow, I really want to read this. Because it wasn't a, it wasn't a big book. Because all of us that have read Stephen King the past, when you see a big book, you're like, oh, yeah, there's got to be at least 300 pages he could have knocked out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's one of our prolific writers of all time, mm-hmm. so you got to give him that cred. Yes, you do. And so visual aesthetic, I think, whenever you're trying to capture the representation of these um, fictional characters, the horrific act, um, attributes of them, the um, make them scary yet believable yet fant- fantastical, I think they pull it off. What do you think, Bill? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a good production quality. Um, they don't do a lot of sensational. I think that would be interesting is that they gave it a little more cinematography uh to it um they don't really get into uh, there's some scenes they they're strong with the cinematography but they kind of lay off it a bit Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think there could have been a little more i i I don't want to say stereotypical uh shock value cinematography but there's some situations here i felt that it was too static but um there could have been better movement um mm-hmm. overall and this is more of a cinematography kind of perspective yeah so as we transition into the close of this review where would you rate the entertainment value in your overall score well you know this entertainment value is definitely in um the kind of this the horror part of it the um i i thought uh, as a sequel a long-awaited sequel um, similar to how we rated glass. It's different um, because it's more of a masterpiece that you're building off of. Uh, I thought that did a, a great job of making it into a sequel. That's been a long time and, and people probably didn't even know this was a sequel to shiny, but uh, it was very entertaining. Uh, I liked it a lot. I, I would encourage people to see it. Um, that have seen the first Shining, um, definitely go and see Dr. Sleep. So you'd give it a thumbs up? Thumbs up, Tom. Thumbs up. Absolutely. And I would agree. I give this a thumbs up. This was the most enjoyable show that I watched in the last month, if that, or maybe the last two or three weeks of the shows that we've reviewed. I I really like this. Um, When a horror film or TV series is done correctly, it is my favorite genre because right. it tends to capture relationship stuff, psychological stuff, 
Right. Uh, something about being terrified out of your mind and seeing something right. happen that you hope you never see in real life. Right. Something about that is is really grabs me. So I really like this a lot. I give it a thumbs up. Excellent. There we go. So that's going to do it for our review of Dr. Sleep, Bill. Excellent, Tom. All righty. So for now and until next time, so long. Bye-bye now.